Welcome to Sure Foundation Lutheran Church's podcast channel. The following sermon was preached on Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 to 12, on January 29th, 2023. Join me in a prayer. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I want you to think uh, for a second about times that you've heard phrases like this or times that you yourself have said them, okay? I'm so blessed. We're so blessed. This was such a a blessing. What, What was happening when, in someone's life when you heard them say that to you? What was happening in your life when you've said that to, to someone else? I mentioned in the, in the introduction to the service, I, I did a kind of a cursory search online on, on Instagram of the hashtag blessed, which shows all of the different pictures that, that people post where they put the hashtag blessed. It may not surprise you, but, but here's what I found. I found a couple holding a, a set of house keys because they had just closed on their, their first house, and they were excited about that. I saw a high school senior at his uh, signing day. He, he had been recruited to go, go play uh, football in, in, at a big D- Division I school, and so he was signing his letter of intent, uh, accepting a full-ride full scholarship to that school. I saw a couple smiley faces with, with a great scenic view in, in the back, and uh, the, the lady had a, a shiny ring right here that everybody could see. Or I saw a, a, a lady in front of a really important building because she had her first day at her high-powered job. I could go on and on and on. There were pictures like that all over the place, right? And those are typically the kind of situations that you find yourself in or that somebody else is in when they say that they are, are blessed or that this was such a, a blessing. And that's a good thing. It really is a good thing, because when they're saying that this is a blessing, they're acknowledging that this good thing came from from God. They're they're also acknowledging that God didn't have to give them that thing. God didn't have to bring them into that circumstance, yet yet he did. But, there's a a little but there. That kind of gives the impression that a, a blessing is only something that makes me happy, or that brings me enjoyment. It, it kind of makes the, 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 the false assumption that a blessing is only something that I would deem to be a, a good thing. And you see, that, that's kind of an issue. It's kind of an issue when, when you start reading what Jesus preached on the Sermon of, on the Mount. As he starts off this, this famous sermon in, in, a, in, a place called, or in a section that we call the Beatitudes or, or Blessings, he attaches the word blessing to circumstances and characteristics that maybe wouldn't fall under the Instagram list of hashtag blessed. It maybe wouldn't be the first thing that we would have on on our list of blessings. And it would give any reader pause as they read that. Maybe it gave you pause as as we read that this morning. It, It no doubt gave the people of Jesus' day pause as they heard Jesus say this. So the first two verses, they kind of set the scene. Jesus has this crowd following him, and he takes them up on a, on a mountain, and, and he himself sits down, 
and he begins to, to teach. The, the main recipients of his teaching are the, the disciples, but there's a ton of people who are behind him too that are listening to his, his words. So we're going to walk through the, the sermon of Jesus this morning. We're going to take it verse by verse at points, and we're going to combine some, some verses as we go along here. So he starts in the, the very first uh, line of his sermon. He says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You know, as anybody reads through Scripture, and especially if you've done it a few times, if you've read through the Gospels a few times, one thing that you begin to become surprised by are the things that aren't recorded in Scripture. The things that you'd assume would be there that, that aren't. Let me give an example of, of what I mean. A lot of times Jesus is hanging out with tax collectors and, and prostitutes and people that were called the, the quote-unquote sinners of that day. That's, that's how they were viewed by society. Now, if you're reading through the Gospels, a lot of times when Jesus is spending time with these quote-unquote sinners, it seems like the, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the teachers of the law, they were not too far away. In fact, they might have been on that very scene, kind of observing from a distance. And if you know a little bit about the Pharisees, you can kind of picture how they look, right? I can picture anyways. They're mumbling under their breath over here. They're thinking these things in their head that any normal person wouldn't think about somebody else, right? They're thinking mean things. And sometimes they're maybe even saying those things out loud. How could Jesus hang out with somebody like that? How could he spend time with those prostitutes over there, with those people that are considered the lowlifes of, of society? They were pretty brash in some of the ways that they, they expressed those things. And so it wouldn't be out of the question to think that, that some of the, the tax collectors, the prostitutes, and the sinners heard what the Pharisees were saying. So perhaps it's surprising, at least it's a little surprising to me, that, that at some point in the Gospels you don't, don't see a conflict or an altercation between these quote-unquote sinners, if they really were the lowlifes that, that the society thought of them, why wouldn't they have gone and, and, and shown the Pharisees what they really thought of them for saying those, those things? Because honestly, if the shoe was on the other foot, you might expect something like that. If this, the quote-unquote sinners were standing over here and, and they, were, they were insulting the Pharisees, the Pharisees, I, I have a hard time believing would stand back and let them say those things about them. They wouldn't let that slide, but they'd have to stand up for themselves. They'd have to defend their honor. They'd have to stand up for their own righteousness. Now, maybe something like that did happen, and it's just not recorded in Scripture. That's entirely possible. But, but maybe it's not quite as surprising that there's not a, a conflict or an altercation between the two. Because the, these quote-unquote sinners that were with Jesus, they weren't trying or pretending to be righteous on their own. They knew themselves. They knew that they had committed the sins that people say that they had committed. They knew that they had lived the life that, that they had lived. <laughs> they, weren't, they weren't needing to stand up and defend their own honor because in their minds, they, they really didn't have a whole lot of honor to defend. They had no righteousness to defend in front of everybody. They knew that they were poor in spirit. They knew that they needed someone who was stronger than them. They knew that they needed a, a savior, that Jesus was the one who was going to provide them with righteousness. It wasn't going to come from them themselves. 
Same is true for us, right? Everyone is poor in spirit. Some just don't recognize it. Yet if you reflect accurately on your, on your thoughts, on your words, on your actions, as you reflect on those and you compare them to God's holy law, you will be left with the same conclusion that these quote-unquote sinners were left with. <laughs> that they had no righteousness on their own. That they had sin. And they had no honor to defend. But they needed to find their honor and their strength in Jesus. <laughs> That's why Jesus said to the Pharisees in, in, the, in the Gospel of Mark, It is not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. I have not called, come to call the righteous. I have not come to call the right in spirit. But I have come to call those who are poor in spirit. Jesus goes on. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Mourning is more than just a, a momentary sadness. If you've gone through mourning before, you know that. Mourning is like a, a scab that the, the tragedies of life create. And it's a scab that's often broken open again and again. When you're reminded of that tragedy, when, when somebody else has something going well in their life that reminds you that you don't. They're broken open again and again. The pain comes back again and again. You won't find too many uh, pictures on Instagram with hashtag blessed uh, uh, underneath it of you standing next to grandma's casket or leaving the fertility clinic after the most recent disappointment or sitting in the chair having the, the chemo drugs pumped into your veins. On church on, at, on, in church on Sunday morning, you won't hear someone sharing the blessing of their eviction, and they won't be saying that this car accident was a gift from God. Yet Jesus says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. They are, are, are blessed, perhaps. They're blessed because they have come to a, a specific realization. This world is not as it should be. <laughs> they're, they're mourning because this world is is not perfect. It lacks that perfection, and they feel the pain that comes from that lack of perfection. If the world was perfect, grandma wouldn't die, uh, couples would get pregnant on their, their first try, cancer wouldn't exist, evictions wouldn't happen, and car accidents would only be hypotheticals. The absence of perfection, it brings mourning, but it also brings a reminder, a reminder from God that this world is not all there is. This life is not all there is. So don't hold on to those things that are, are perishing, that will fade away. But hold on to the things that will last forever. Because there will come a day when, when Jesus will usher you into to heaven, where it will be perfect. When those things that, that aren't as they, they should be now, are as they should be in heaven. And he'll wipe every tear away from those who mourn. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Jesus goes on. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The meek are weak. They're easily trampled on. They're easily taken advantage of. Forbes 500 companies do not train their leadership to be weak. <laughs> That's the last thing they want. Those who are weak get eaten alive. Those who are weak cannot survive in, in this competitive world Yet, Jesus says, blessed are the meek, 
In the kingdom of God, the, those who are meek are, are endowed with a, a specific humility, a humility that recognizes their own inability, their own limitations, their own shortcomings. They aren't deluded or deceived by their own apparent strength, but they know that they are weak and they know they have to rely on someone who is much stronger than them. Maybe among other reasons, this is why Jesus commends the faith of little children, right? He commends the faith of little children because little children have no delusions of their own strength. When they get in a situation, they, they get scared often because they know that they are weak. But little children find the solution for their weakness in their in their parents. Their parents are the ones who provide them, them strength. And the same is true for Christians. Young or old, Christians are weak and meek, but they find their strength in their Father, in God the Father. They find their strength in Jesus and what Jesus did for them. These last few I'm going to combine here. And Jesus goes on and, and he, he talks about these spiritual characteristics here. He says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. So what earthly reward comes from those who hunger and thirst for righteousness? Or who, who decide to willingly take the role of, of peacemaker? Uh, what satisfaction comes from those who choose mercy over vengeance or for those who remain pure in, in heart? The answer to that question, what reward, what satisfaction comes, is actually a lot of times uh, persecution. Those who hunger and thirst for righteousness are seen as intolerant. Those who choose mercy over vengeance are, are trampled on and taken advantage of. Those who are, are pure in heart are made fun of for their, their innocence. And those who take the role of the peacemaker often end up giving up the most. And then Jesus caps all of it off by saying, Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. <laughs> Jesus' list of blessed, who is blessed, Jesus' list of blessings is a little upside down, isn't it? You, you wouldn't find those on, on Instagram under hashtag blessed. Yet Jesus attaches the word blessed and blessing to, to those who are poor in spirit, to the mourners, to the meek, to, to those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, to the, the merciful, to the pure in heart, to the peacemakers, and to the, the, the persecuted. And when Jesus says that they are blessed, you can trust that they, they are. Actually, it really wouldn't matter what situation was described here. It could be the rich or the poor, the homeless or those living in mansions. It could be those who are, are starving in need of food and, and those who have had plenty. It doesn't matter what circumstance you are in. If you are in Christ, I'll say it one more time, if you are in Christ, you are blessed. If you're in Christ, you are blessed because the biggest blessing, the greatest blessing that you have been given is durable and it can't be affected by earthly circumstances because the biggest blessing that you have been given is that Jesus died on the cross for your sins and was raised to life so that you would be declared not guilty of all of your sins, which is why Jesus caps everything off 
in, in the refrain that we were singing in that song too, rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. No matter what circumstance you find yourself in in life, good or bad, your reward is in heaven. That's safe for you. That, that blessing is durable for you. And we are so blessed to know that because nothing can change that for us. And it's such a comfort for us to know that our reward is in heaven. But, but, Jesus is, is saying even more. He's giving you even more comfort. That would be enough. But he's giving you even more comfort than just saying, life stinks, wait till heaven. <laughs> look, at, look again at the, the verses here. Uh, in, most of, in some of the verses, uh, it'll say, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Future tense, right? Going back to English class here. Future tense. Uh, these, are, these people will be blessed in the future. It, it is not realized yet, but it will be at some point. Those who mourn will no longer mourn when they're in heaven. Uh, those who are meek in this world will someday inherit the earth because they, they believe in, in Jesus. But if you look at verses 3 and verses 10, it says, Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who, persecuted, uh, who are persecuted. And the second half of that verse says, theirs is, present tense, theirs is the kingdom of heaven. There is a nowness to the gospel. There is a present tense to, to your blessedness. It, it isn't life stinks, wait for heaven. It's you have the kingdom of God right now. You have been brought into the kingdom of heaven right now. That is your possession. It's not one that you're waiting for someday. It's one that you were given when you were baptized, when God created faith in your heart through the Holy Spirit. That is yours. And so because you know that, that God is good, because you know that God is sovereign and powerful over all, because you trust that, because you, you trust that he, he loved you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for your sins and to, to be raised to life so that you would be declared not guilty from sin, no matter what situation you find yourself in, good or bad, you can step back, just take one step back from that circumstance and say, or ask this question, what is God doing here? How is he blessing me here? Even if that thing seems like the greatest curse that he could ever inflict on you, because you have the trust in God who is good, because you have the trust in God who is in control and who loves you so much, you can step back and say, what is he doing here because he, he is doing something here? When he says that I'm blessed, even if I'm mourning, I know that I'm blessed. When he says that I, I'm blessed, when I'm meek, I, I know that I'm blessed. I can trust that I am. And I can trust that God is working great blessing, even if I can't see it, through some of the, the worst heartaches in life, uh, through, through some of the, the, the greatest tragedies in life, through some of the things that, some of the point, times when I'm at my weakest, I can know that God is working blessing, that he uses my weakness to shame the strong, that he uses tragedy to shame this, this world, that even if I can't see what's happening, God can, and I trust that he is good, and I trust that he's doing what, what is best for me and, and doing what, what is in love for me. Now, I'm not suggesting that, that we start attaching hashtag blessed to uh, our personal tragedies that we're putting out on Facebook. Don't do that. <laughs> but what I am suggesting is what Jesus is suggesting. As a Christian, know, know who you are, and know what Jesus has said about you. 
you are blessed. Amen. Hi there, Pastor Wilkie here. Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. It's always great to dig into God's word together and to grow in our faith. If you felt like you enjoyed this podcast and and you have grown your faith through it, could you do us a favor? Could you hit subscribe wherever you're listening to this and and maybe even consider uh, sharing it with someone else? We we want more people to, to hear God's saving message from his word and to continue to grow in their faith as well. We hope you'll join us again next week as we we dig into God's word further. God bless your week.